I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're done with your career. Yeah, I'm done with my Oreo. Okay, good. Um, Do you really know what happened? The brother did. The brother. That's what I thought too. I mean, that seems like kind of obvious. Just a talk about death. Yeah. I mean, I. You murdery thingy thingy thingy. What's up? Hey, everybody! Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Best time of the year. Trick or treat. Yeah. Trick or treat. Smell my feet. Give me something good to eat. As you if know, you don't, I don't care. I'll pull down your underwear. <laughs> I've never heard that one. Uh, my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. That's you did so go to public school. <laughs> I did go to public school. I, well, I went to private school for high school. Oh. All before that was public school. Yo, public school, high school is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go to something else. <laughs> anyway. It was fun. Yep. So, oh, I remember high school. Yeah. My school was... It wasn't that long ago for you. Time. Shut up. <laughs> Welcome to Mystery Murdery Thingy. Oh, yeah. This is Mystery Murdery Thingy. I'm Chloe. I'm Mario. That's Mario. What's up? <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying what's up to you <laughs> throughout the whole episode. What's up? What's up? What's up, girl? Can I have your number? Can I have your number? <laughs> Can I have it? Was those from Mad TV, right? Yeah. <laughs> we were watching like... You, oh, that's like, a French-ass name, Yvonne. Yvonne. Oh, that's a French-ass name. My little croissant. <laughs> Some cheese on my croissant. <laughs> my delicate. <laughs> What's your name, delicate? Yeah. <laughs> can I have your... Can, can I have it, though? But can I have can, it? Can I have it? Can I have it? <laughs> <laughs> Look up what, what was it on YouTube? Can what I have is, your number? Can I have your number? Just that. TV. I feel like most people have seen that. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it because you're not a millennial. Well, I watched a lot of Mad TV. You're like a late millennial, and I'm like an early millennial. But see, the difference is, I also watched In Living Color. You, you I watched a little bit of In Living Color. Yeah. Not as much as I watched Fresh Prince or Saved by the Bell. Right. I or didn't, Full House. I didn't watch Saturday Night Live that much. I didn't watch SNL either. I watched... Bit. The one time that I sat down to watch SNL was when baby Justin Bieber was on it. He was oh, 15 yeah. years old, and I was 
goo goo gaga for fucking Justin Bieber. <laughs> you were a bleeper. I was a huge bleeper. I had Bieber fever and I had it bad. Gross. <laughs> you you got fucking cured. That was a <laughs> interesting two years of my life. Yeah. He's uh, he's weird. So you, you saw that, that thing that he was involved in with the eating the burrito from the inside out? That was like a hoax or whatever? I saw a... Cause that's like a internet. headline, like a passing headline, and then I was didn't care. I've only seen headlines. <laughs> I only saw headlines because I like didn't care. In but my like scrolling through the news, I saw a like, picture oh that he God. like ate it sideways. But apparently that's not true. It was like some like Twitter hoax or something. I don't care. You're on Twitter a lot more than I me. I love Twitter. You didn't see that on Twitter. Well, no, Twitter's been talking a lot about sports lately. About the World Series. About the World Series and about college football. That's what's been trending on Twitter right now. Yeah, I don't follow those that closely. I know UT fucking lost to Oklahoma at the last second because it's fucking UT. They can't get their shit together over the past like five years. Hook them. Uh, I didn't go to UT, but that's... Texas! That's, that's who I mostly root Guys, for. Guys, Mario's from Texas. Did you I'm, know? Did Have <laughs> we ever aware? mentioned that before? I'm not sure if we've ever talked about that. Texas? <laughs> no, like a bunch of times. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mario. I'm from Texas. Hey. That's what you said to me. Hey, guys. What's up? My name is Mario Silva. I'm from Texas. It's cool. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, I'll make Texas? it back there someday. Should we, like, get started? We should get started. <laughs> okay. Who, who's going to go first? Um... Who went first last time? I think I should I go... I think we played rock, paper, scissors, I, and I, I went first. I think I should go first. You said yours is, like, really mysterious, right? Yeah, mine's weird. Mine's yours bizarre. Yours is really weird? Okay. Yeah. Okay, let, let's go... Let's do yours. Oh, yes, okay. we're doing Halloween mysteries, everybody. So these... Yeah, we thought in honor of Halloween that we would do stuff connected to Halloween, because it's super innovative, right? The only really, like thing that I could find was that stuff that like happened on Halloween. Not like that it's like connected to Halloween or like has to do with Halloween. True. Mine doesn't have to do with Halloween. I wanted to find like a some kind of Halloween mystery but I like couldn't. Like the like closest thing I could like really think of was the Salem Witch Trials which we all know now is a case of mass hysteria which is a mystery in and of itself. Well there's also the mold and stuff you know. Oh yeah the bread. They might have been high the whole time or something might have been in the water too. I think I've heard that too. They were high the entire time. Yeah Um, but mine did take place on Halloween. So did mine. Uh, Specifically Halloween 2002. So uh, I'm doing the, the murder Possibly murder, probably murder of Christopher Jenkins. I'll call it the probably murder of Chris Jenkins. Because it's actually a mystery as to whether, like, he actually was murdered or not. We'll kind of get into that. So it's Halloween night, 2002, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Chris Jenkins, he's this, like, really kind of, like, preppy, up-and-coming senior at the University of Minnesota. He's, like, I think he was a lacrosse player. Uh, He played some kind of sport. lacrosse is hard. Lacrosse is hard. It's also really fun to watch. Um, he was super popular. You know, he was just like, had got really good grades. He was like getting a business degree. Mm-hmm. He had like jobs lined, job interviews lined up. You know, he was like an up and comer, right? And he was out with his friends. He was wearing a sort of unfortunate American Indian costume. I did see a picture of it. But it's 2002. But it is also 2002. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, if, we, if you, you know, things Not that it's different. ever really okay, but. Right, right. Um, but, you know, it's, it's. It is what it is. So he, uh, he he was dressed up like an American Indian, and he was out at, like, this kind of kegger, you know, I assume, like, on campus probably or somewhere around there. 
And at about 10.30 p.m., the group decides that they're going to head downtown, right? They're going to hit the bars. Yeah. And they go to the Lone Tree Bar and Grill. And about an hour and a half, two hours later, Chris is actually kicked out. It's not really clear why exactly, but two off-duty cops who were, like, security at the bar that night kicked him out. And because he was wearing a costume that had no pockets... He had left all of his stuff with, like, a female friend of his. Oh. So he didn't have his keys. He didn't have his phone. He didn't have a coat. He didn't have his wallet. Like, he was just completely kind of, like, destitute out on the street. So it's, like, you know, past midnight, not a good part of town, super cold. It was apparently, like, 20 degrees that night. Whoa. And he, no one, like, totally really knows what happened to him after that point. So that's kind of, like, the mystery. That's scary. But when his friend went to give him his stuff back the next morning, she found that he had not been back to his... Or he wasn't at his apartment. Like, she knocked and whatever, and he wasn't there. So she calls his parents. His parents call the police. Like, they start the search. And his parents, like, immediately thought, like, oh, no, something's happened to Chris. Because, like, he was, like I said, like, super responsible, like, always called home and everything. So they're just like, oh, fuck, what happened? So the police's first thought is, oh, he must have walked across the Hennepin Avenue Bridge, which apparently is pretty close to there. But the parents uh, got a hold of the uh, cameras um, that were pointing at the bridge. There was some from, like, a bank, and they didn't show anybody... Um, that looked like Chris walking across the bridge that night. So they, they don't think that that's what happened. And the police don't really find anything. Like, the, the investigation just kind of flounders at that point. Wow. So the the um, the parents bring on a private investigator. Because basically the police at this point think, oh, it was probably, you know, a a suicide or an accidental drowning. And that's, like, kind of the main idea from the police at, at first actually for like a long time um but the the parents always thought oh it must have been something else right it must have been like murder or foul play so they bring on this private investigator uh chuck loesch who um is told by a witness that a gang of at least 10 men that night had attacked a man they think it might have been like a, a gang like an initiation ritual. Oh my god! Um, and and then like took him off like into the night. Um, so where that was supposedly like said to have happened, there were like two separate bloodhounds that found that like um, tracked Chris's scent to that place, and it it was like the 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 basement of a parking garage, I think, or, like, the first floor of a parking garage. It was, like, you know, it's kind of a secluded place, right? Like, where you would take somebody back if you were going to, like, oh my you know, do something, right? So, um, they also, at that site, found blood and, like, a fake feather that they think might have been from, like, his costume. Oh it had, gosh. like, you know, a feather, like, headdress kind of thing. Um, so... That's kind of, like, where things sit for a while. Like, the the case kind of runs cold, both from the police, because they're not really looking, and also from the private investigator. It doesn't really find, like, anything else at, after that point. Four months later, actually four months to the day later, Chris's body washes up on the east side of the Mississippi River. 
Oh my gosh. So a woman actually saw um, the corpse floating on its back with its arms <gasps> in front from the Third Avenue Bridge where it had floated down. And like as I said before, the police thought, oh, it must have been an accident or suicide. But the the family just, like, refused to believe that at all um, up to this day. So they pointed, you know, again, to Chris as having, like, job interviews lined up, him looking forward to graduation. Yeah. He didn't apparently have any history of depression or suicidality as far as anything that I saw or read. Um, but the Emmy eventually ruled Chris's body, or that Chris died, rather, by accidental drowning. But the family continued to investigate on their own. They kind of, like, took over the role of the police, basically, at that point. And, um, they, you know, well, tried I mean, to find out, like, what happened. Well, I mean, once it's ruled an accidental happened. drowning, there's not much the police can do at that point, right? Except, well, they're not going to do, you know, because they say, essentially, no crime happened here. Yeah. So there's no point in, like putting any resources into it but the family again had their a lot of doubts and they brought in um some experts including this guy dr michael badden um that um said that the and this is a a quote from one of my sources that the appearance of chris's body did not fit with the suicide or accident theories held by the police Due to a natural reaction to try to swim, most drowning victims are found face down, arms out toward their sides, clothing disheveled, and one or both of their shoes missing. Chris was found on his back with his arms crossed in front. His shirt was still tucked into his drawstring pants. Mm. He was also still wearing both oversized slip-on shoes, a necklace, and a ring on each hand. So, basically... Sounds like he he was put there. Exactly, like, placed into the water. Yeah. Not that he, like, jumped into the water or that his body was thrown from a high distance. Because there would have just been, like, signs of that on the body, right? So eventually, and this is actually, like, you know, we'll fast forward four years later. um, The new police chief, Tim Dolan, reopens the case in 2006. He also publicly apologizes to the family and says, like, they did not do enough to, like, investigate this. And the new medical examiner also changes the official cause of death from accidental drowning to homicide. Wow. That's a big step. Yeah. So the police basically, after four years, says, we got it wrong. Did something happen? I think it's just the accumulation of, of like, evidence. Um, Okay. Okay. You know, and the, the family's just, like, keeping on it, you know, and, and doing their own investigation and... All that sort of stuff. I think when the new police chief looked it over again, he thought, well, this is kind of suspicious. There was also a sort of like jailhouse confessor, you know, um, or like a a snitch, you know, whatever, um, so to speak, who told authorities that he was there when Chris's body was thrown from the Hennepin Avenue bridge. So they thought like, oh, big, you know, break in the case, right? So... Uh, until they started like kind of thinking about it so the the authorities thought okay but this sounds like pretty unlikely the hennepin avenue bridge where this guy said that this happened it's really brightly lit there's like i said before lots of cameras on it Mm. lots of traffic going over it something someone would have seen someone would have seen something yeah exactly which was actually it's funny you say that that was the kind of like quote that they had on the i think first 
uh, poster that they put out to to try to find Chris. You know, people always put out like you know um, missing persons posters. Yeah, and it had that quote on it. Someone knows something. Yeah, there, there's also a like security railing, and um, you know, just like a lot of stuff that they would have had to throw the body like over and around. So it just it didn't really make sense. And also, the body didn't really have that, like, trauma consistent with being thrown over this bridge. So they think, or at least I think, this is probably, like, a false confession. That this guy just wanted to get, like, better treatment or a deal or attention or something. I don't know. But this case, you know, that's kind of the way it goes, right? Like, stuff comes up, but it's never really clear what's true or what's real. And there's, like, a lot of, like, strong feelings from the different investigators that have been involved in the case over the years about, like, whether this was suicide or homicide, you know, who might have done this. There's, like, really, like, violent, not violent, but, you know, very ardent um, disagreements about these things that I saw. And, like, I uh, was telling you I watched the ID Channel, like, episode Mm -hmm. about this or one of them. And um, the two guys, like, disagreed, like, a lot. Um, So... There is evidence that seems to show that Chris suffered some kind of trauma, right? Because there was, like, the bleeding, right? Um, presumably that was his, like, blood there. I, I don't know, but I never heard about any, like, testing or anything. But I'm assuming that it was, like, his blood that they found in, like, the parking garage, right? Yeah. But, I mean, if if the witness said... If, the you know, the witness said there was ten people, could have been anybody's blood... Even if the, even if that was Chris getting jumped, it could have been somebody else too. I guess. Yeah, it's hard to know. So, presumably, what happened was, you know, he was taken to that parking lot. He was driven down to the river, like drowned there, killed some other way, put into the water. You have to also remember that, like, he was his body was in the water for four months. So there was like a lot of like, right, you know, right. degradation. It's harder to, it, yeah analyze exactly it's like hard to you know evidence is like lost after that point um so we'll probably like never really know what would happen to chris jenkins like that's kind of like it, it is like a really really big mystery um and it kind of like ties into this bigger mystery that i i didn't kind of like really know i was going to get into at first but I don't know if you've ever heard of the smiley face killer or the smiley face killers. Was he found with a smile on his face? No, it's not that. Um, oh. So, the, it, okay, so this is this other thing that people have tied Chris Jenkins's ki- or possible killing possibly into. So we're, we're we're getting into kind of like, you know, speculative territory here. But, you know, again, embrace the mystery, right? Yes. Um, so... The Smiley Face Killer, or Killers, it's this series of unsolved drowning deaths, 45 of them. What? That some people think are linked. These happened in 25 cities in 11 states between 1997 and 2008, uh, approximately. Uh, so the, the these hmm. possible victims, right? These men who, and they were all men as far as I heard, to whom this happened um, were popular, athletic, good students. Sound oh, like, so sound he like fits anyone the we profile, know exactly, yeah. or the victimology, or whatever. He he fits the you know possible victimology. <laughs> so that's, we don't even really know if they were murdered or not, um, which is the weird thing about all this, right? Although obviously it's tragic, you know these people died. Like, yeah. yeah, they were victims of something. 
Um, so also, you know, these graffiti of a smiley face that was found on a lot of the, the sites where the bodies were dumped or, or where they Yo, were found, that's would, you weird. know, whatever. Um, yeah. So the, this like showed up in, in like a lot of these places. So it made them think there was like this kind of like connection between was them as well. Was there graffiti at where Chris was found? Um, not that I heard of. Um, so this, you know, kind of like smiley face killer theory it it's mainly proposed by these two retired New York City detectives. Their names are Kevin Gannon and Anthony Duarte. There, there's like a picture of them on one of the the articles that I read. I think it was the All Things Interesting article. Okay. And uh, it looked like they had like a you know like an A and E show together or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the investigators <laughs> tonight on A and E. Yeah. Tonight at eleven. Um. I th- that's probably already a show, isn't it? The Investigators. I don't know. It's too generic. Anyway. Um, and like you were talking about before, like the victimology is a big reason why they think these things are linked. So other than being similar in like race, you know, gender, um, social standing, you know, all that sort of stuff, most of the victims were also drunk like Chris Jenkins and leaving a party. Mm. Now this has led most of the police to conclude that those cases are ones of, you know, accidental drowning. Like they initially thought with Chris Jenkins's case, but Kevin Gannon and Anthony Duarte are just like, not so sure. Right. Um, and one of the things that points to this is that at least one of these, the person was not known to drink at all. So they know that he wasn't drunk. Um, but the case that kind of sparked the investigation for, um, the two detectives was the drowning death of Patrick McNeil in New York City on February 16th, 1997. McNeil was seen leaving the Dapper Dog on Manhattan's Upper East Side and then never seen again. Is that a bar? Alive. That's, That's a, cool a bar, name yeah. For a bar. That is a cool name for a bar, I agree. Um, the Dapper Dog. Um... <laughs> And unfortunately, uh, Patrick's body was found on April 7th floating near a pier in the Bay Ridge section of Brooklyn, where it had floated to. So Kevin Gannon basically made this, like, vow to the family, right? Like, solemn oath, right? Like, I will find out what happened to your son. And this became his, like... His, like, life yeah, goal. The, his his life goal, his... Uh, Raison d'etre, if you will. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> is that French? Yeah, his his reason for being is uh, his path. Deja vu. Wee wee baguette. I feel the aware. My little baguette. <laughs> oh, what was it? My oh, my little croissant. <laughs> Some cheese on my croissant. <laughs> oh my croissant. <laughs> oh, you almost made me drop my croissant. What is that from? It's a vine. Oh, okay. I don't know. (laughs) So Kevin Gannon makes this oath, you know, to the family of Patrick McNeil. You know, I'm going to find out the truth. What really happened to your son? And because, again, the police had thought, like, oh, this was just an accidental drowning. So um, what they found out from that point, and this is 2001, um, when, when this kind of, like, all started up... And um, Kevin Gannon brought on his old partner, Anthony Duarte, who had by that time also retired. 
um, to, to kind of start, I think they have like a private investigator, like firm together and they start looking into these, these cases. And in uh, the Patrick McNeil case, they found out that the body actually had several signs of trauma pointing to foul play. Like that there were Jenkins, that there were ligature marks on the, you know, on the neck that there were signs of like charring on the body so weird stuff um and they start to link these other deaths because of again the the uh the the similar type of circumstances and the similar type of victims and there was actually like a spate of these type of deaths that happened in a 40-day period in 2003 in minnesota and wisconsin i don't remember how many it was that seems really weird yes it was like really concentrated and um Again, they also found the creepy smiley faced graffiti at a lot of these sites. Now, we do have to say that pretty much all other authorities other than these two guys don't think that this is real at all. They don't think that there's a serial killer or that these are even murders. So essentially they say this is all made up and that the smiley face killer is like essentially like a mass a case of mass hysteria right like well it doesn't really exist it's just people like linking together these coincidental deaths in a way that makes it seem like there's this nefarious group of killers out there and there's like this um documentary i watched a little bit of that that makes this case that you can watch on like youtube about the smiley face killers i would say definitely watch that for some more information what what were you gonna say that I don't know. I think some of it's plausible. I mean, I think some, I mean, out of 45, I don't know about 45, but the ones that happened, happened within a 40 day period. Like around the same area. I think you'd, I guess, have to look more specifically into each case, which would take a lot more research than I did. But some, I mean, could some of them be foul play? Sure. Could Chris Jenkins' death have been foul play? Definitely. But, yeah, I don't know about the whole notion of the smiley face killer as a thing, or smiley yeah. face killers. Because then they get into this whole thing, it, it's like, you know, it's like a death cult, you know, and it's it's like these people, maybe, maybe they have honey pots who are, like, luring guys away. That's a little far, far-fetched. Yeah, it, it starts to extrapolate very quickly. Like, I'm listening to the uh, West Memphis 3 um, last podcast on the left right now. Right, right. It's that kind of satanic panic idea, right? Like, we tend to want to think that there are these, like, roving groups of, like, satanic, you know, psycho killers that are, like, roaming the countryside. But it's not really true for the most part. Like, yes, that has happened. I mean, look at the Toy Box Killer, right? Or the family, you know, Charles Manson. Ugh. You know, it's not like these kind of things haven't happened, sure, but they're exceedingly rare. They're rare. rare. They're super rare. They're super rare. And it it's just, what, what it's like Occam's Razor, right? What's more likely to be true here? Probably is true. And that's that, yeah, the vast majority is probably are accidental deaths. But that's a really unsatisfying answer, right? <laughs> it is an unsatisfying answer. <laughs> but, you know, that's sometimes mysteries have uh, unsatisfying answers. But, again, I'm not answering it. All of them could be murders for all I know. There could be a we roaming band. We don't know the answer. Maybe they're back. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that was my uh, story for 
this Halloween week. That was good. Yeah. Wow, I'm going to get so plastered tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, we're recording this on Tuesday. Love Halloween. So, yeah. Yeah, today's Halloween. actually Tuesday. Today's actually the day before Halloween, in but our it's timeline. still Halloween. But in your timeline. But in your timeline. When I, whenever I post In the this, future. The future. Ooh. Your kids. It's your kids, Marty. Oh, you've never seen Back to the Future? Because <laughs> I, like, was never really interested. It's one of those movies that's a classic where I just was like... We should watch it. We should put it on our list. Okay. We, we have, like, a list of movies to we watch We do together. have a good list of movies. If you want to add to our list, let us know. We, we've watched Into the Woods. We watched Shutter Island. Oh, Shutter Island was good. It was good. I love Leo. Everyone loves Leo. I've never seen Titanic, though. I don't like Titanic. I think it's scary. I like Keira Knightley, too. Or not Keira Knightley. Uh, what's her name? Who's the, was the other, who's the female lead in? Uh... Nah, I have a face, but I don't have a name. She was good, too. I don't know. I've seen her in other movies. Anyway, what's your story okay. for this week, Chloe? Mine? Oh, what were your sources? Oh, shit, yeah. Um, so, I didn't write mine down, so I'm going to read them off my phone now. <laughs> That's what's happening right now. So, the Smiley Face Murder Theory page on Wikipedia. Um, I did watch a little bit of that documentary, The Smiley Face Killers, the award-winning and horrifying documentary feature film. Viewed over a million times on YouTube. Awesome. Go and watch it. Uh, I saw the first, like, 15 minutes or something. Um, but it was pretty good. So, also an article on All Things Interesting by Amy Lamaru. Um, what else? What else? Uh, oh, yeah, this really good website. Um, it's a, a blog, actually. Footprints at the River's Edge which is the name of a book by Chris's mom about the whole thing that you can get on like Amazon. Yeah. She wrote like a book about it, uh, about like the whole experience, um, by Jen Jenkins, uh, Chris Jenkins's mom. But this is like a a blog, um, that had a really good like rundown of, of everything that happened. Um, and then that investigation discovery episode, also an article about the investigation discovery episode by, uh, Patty Dexter, um, on Southwest News. Used a lot. I had, like, a lot of sources. Um, some CBS News articles. A CNN article about it from the time. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to go through, like, every single one, I guess. Okay. So, mine is about a guy called David Stone. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like looking at him like that. know who he is. No. <laughs> you know, David. You, David, you know, David, David, you know David Stone. You know. So basically, he was this 29 year old stock market analyst, um, super smart, talented, successful guy. He is from, I'm, okay, I'm not exactly, I'm going to butcher this name. La Jala, California. La Jolla. Jolla? Jaya? Jolla. Jolla. You took Spanish. I know, but I couldn't... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like its own letter in the alphabet. It is. It is its own letter. Which is weird. So it was Enye. And Ere. And Ch. Eche. Eche. Perro? Dog? (laughs) Yes. You know Spanish. Map. Look at you. La Mapa. (laughs) Good. On the map, on the map, on the map. On the map, on the map. 
Dora, anybody? No. no. Okay. Did you know in other countries she teaches English? Really? I yeah. did not know that. Anyway, we're way off topic. That's true. So, he's from California. Who's this guy? David Stone, 29-year-old stock market analyst from California. Like I said, he's like successful, pretty normal guy. Um, he was really into the New Age movement. So he disappeared in 1988. So it like, is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Age of Aquarius. Yep. So this is like really popular <laughs> in the UK in the 70s and the 80s, but then it became even more popular in the US in the 80s and 90s. Right. Um, so it's a basically a religious. Also amongst some people now. Yes. It's a religious <laughs> movement. It's like Mars. coming back. It's yeah, weird. It's true. Um, and astronomy is like trendier. Or astrology is like really trendy right now, and it's kind of annoying. Yeah, I, it, it, I mean, like most things, it's like you know, I can't discount or disprove it. It's sort of disprovable, so it has that, I guess, going for it. Guys, look. But it's. It, Ma- I'm an know. Aquarius. Mario's in a Scorpio. Okay, we're supposed to Aquarius. have Aquarius. We are supposed to have like a violent, tumultuous relationship. And it, we're really fine. Although, I, I mean, it, I've read some of those things in previous relationships, and it's been pretty spot on, so I don't know. But they're, they're also written... Exactly. They're written kind of vaguely, and, you know, it can and kind of And it's like the placebo effect. And it's things that you would want to be true. You, you know, want it to be part, true, exactly. You know. Okay. The New Age movement. Religious movement. Popular in the 70s and 80s. So... It focused on a, a, quote, new age of love and, and light and, and happiness. Um, it utilized personal transformation and healing. A lot of it had to do with um, spiritual spirituality. Um, its strongest supporters uh, uh, were esoteric. They followed esotericism. So have, esoteric means having an, an inner secret or, or meaning. So... Um, it's a religious perspective perspective that's also based on gaining mystical knowledge through right. like self-awareness and sometimes ritual magic and things such as that. There've always been these strains in different religions of like my- mystical, you know. Yes. Like the there's like a a mystical Judaism and like a a mystical version of Islam and a mystical version of Christianity and Yes. It's I think it's it's kind of the it's like the the cool version. The cool version. They're like uh, they're they're a little more chill. Yeah. You know they're like uh, a little more like hey man they're like the hippie version of is that what it is? Are they the hippie versions of each of them? They sound kind of like peaceful and. I guess it's all about like oneness and like, you know be like embracing the mystery right yes but it also has this eclectic structure where there's like multiple theories and multiple uh styles and ideas Uh but in the end it's all focusing on spirituality and um you know being one with yourself and some of it also focuses on uh communicating with semi-divine beings like like angels and right. things like a, such a mystical as that. knowledge, like yes. you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Um, so 
Our story begins on October 28, 1988. Uh, David had a Halloween party at his apartment where he got into an argument with a friend that turned into an all-out attack. Um, he started hitting him repeatedly. So after this violent outburst, he, he left the party. Um, and he told everybody else to leave, too. So he told his friends and his family that he was going on a trip to to reflect and that uh, he would be back in a few days. I know it's very odd. All of this is very bizarre. So on the morning of Halloween 1988, David walked into the desert 145 miles east of Tucson, Arizona. He was spotted by a farmer and the farmer started, you know, talking to him because these people aren't usually out here. There's usually not tourists on this uh, side of the of uh, Tucson. Um, he saw him walking down a... There are, like, two accounts. Either he was, like, walking down a dirt road or he was, like, on this guy's property. Like, I think he was, like, on the farmer's property. Okay. Um, but it was on, like, kind of the edge of the desert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the farmer talked with him, and he noted that he was dressed inappropriately for the weather. Um, he was muttering, and he he told the farmer that he was, quote, in search of the beast, end quote. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> in search. That's, that's a weird thing to say. Um, local residents of, of this, like, little desert town also reported seeing him um, walking around throughout the day. Um, he was acting weird. Like I said, he was talking to himself. He was going through, like, the really rough parts of the, the desert, really rough terrain. Um, I guess that's that's where the beast would be. I suppose. And then that Halloween was the last time he was seen. After that, he vanished. Huh. So his car was found November 5th, five days later. Um, it was found abandoned along Highway 80 in New Mexico, um, 14 miles south of Road Forks, New, Road Forks, New Mexico. So... His family and friends think that he went on a, quote, vision quest, which is like this pretty common um, new age thing, which is basically like he went off on a little journey to go find himself, to learn more about himself. Right. I think basically what it, you you walk into the desert and you don't sleep or, you know, eat or anything until you... Um, you know, start hallucinating because that's right. what naturally will happen in your body, you know, if you do that. Didn't, like, Henry David Thoreau vision. do that? Mm, no, not really. What, like? He did, I guess, his version of that. But that was just, like, going to live in a cabin, like, on the outskirts of town. <laughs> You're right. Okay. And walking around Walden Pond a lot. It was a good book. I liked it. Yeah, like, I didn't like it because I had to read it and like um, write papers on it. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Civil dif- Disobedience? That one too, yeah. So That's what I had to read, I think. Yeah. When he, he didn't want to pay the tax. Yeah, it was about taxes. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, God. I hate it. Oh. High school <laughs> English. Right. If you're in high school right now, you'll get through it. You'll look back and be like, wow, I can't believe I did that. Go me. I really liked, um, what was it? The one that was like a ghost story. Um, oh, I can't remember. What Are you thinking of now. Edgar Allan Poe? No, I mean, I like Edgar Allan Poe too, but no, there was like a book I had to read in school. 
but it was like a ghost story. The only, not the only, but one of the books that I had to read in school that I actually liked was The Outsiders. Oh, The Outsiders is really good. Yeah, that was that was a really good one. So was the movie. The movie was good too. Yes, there's a video game of it as well. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know if it's good or not. Anyway, New Age Vision Quest. That's what the family thought. So things get weirder when they investigators start looking at his car. Um, so he left his car near, um, these pyramid shaped mountains and pyramids are an important symbol in the new age movement. Uh, they also found a pyramid fashioned out of rocks. They found, or they found two pyramids like made out of, out of rocks, um, surrounded by like a big triangle. And, uh, David's Rolex watch was also found next to these things. Oh, Three miles further north, etched into the soil, was um, a fi- the Fibonacci sequence. So the Fibonacci sequence, for those who don't know math, I didn't know what it was. I had Zero to look it up. Zero plus one plus yes, one yes. plus two. It's a series of numbers where each number is the sum of the two preceding plus numbers. Three, so it's plus five. Zero, one, one, <laughs> two, three, five, eight. eight 13, 13. 21, <laughs> You're reading them off a paper. You're right. <laughs> but um, I never claimed to be good at math, okay? I just claimed to know what the Fibonacci sequence was. So it's something that's also used in, in stock analysis. So it wasn't like a weird thing right. that he like knew it. It's also a thing that's used in the movie Pi as a device in the Darren Aronofsky movie Pi, which is really good, which is where I initially heard about the Fibonacci sequence. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what was weird about this was that uh, his ended um, in, se- in 18 instead of 20. So it said 0, 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 18 hmm. instead of 21. So it wasn't, re- it wasn't uh, correct. Right. Hmm. So some of the theories for that is that his jersey number uh, in high, in high, he played high school football it was number 18. Um, his car uh, was found in mile marker number 18. Also, uh, this is what Reddit said, and this is what I think is the most plausible, that he he skipped a number and added wrong. So, you know, the sequence 0, 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21... And he added um, 5 and 13 instead of 8 and 13 to get 21. And so we got 18 instead. Sure. That is that what... That does seem the most plausible. Makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Um, but why would he be writing the Fibonacci sequence in the dirt anyway? Exactly. So Bloodhounds tracked his scent 13 miles north from... Bloodhounds. That's like the second time they've come up this week. Right, right. Um, good dogs. Uh, they tracked his scent 13 miles north from where his car was found, but after that, the trail went cold. In his car, his parents found a small business card inside a pocketbook-sized Bible with the name Tony Ballesteros on it. And they interviewed this guy. And I was like, I don't know who David is. Like, I don't know who this guy is um, at all. So that was a dead end. Um, a strange note was also found in the car. Quote, they think the word is in the safe. Six knives in Rob's room. Use buys your tea and use take your chances on Halloween. End quote. 
That's a very strange Isn't note. Isn't it strange? <laughs> oh my god. Take your chances on Halloween. Take your chances on Halloween. So, four years later, in February of 1992, two hikers discovered David Stone's skeletal remains in the desert near Granite Gap, New Mexico, which is the same vicinity, the same area where all his car was and where his these weird clues were found. So the questions here are how did he die? Was he killed by drug smugglers? That's a theory um, to protect shipment because that's very common out in that area. Did they say how long he had been alive? Like, or no? How old he was? I mean, how long he had been out there before he died? No, they I didn't find any information huh. like that. Maybe they just couldn't tell after this. That I think that's what it was. It was yeah. four years later, and they just found skeletons. Um, was like it was a death by misadventure, right. like dehydration, exposure, that type of thing. Was he murdered? 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 Murdered? <laughs> what does the note mean? Who's Rob? Did his so beliefs... So he didn't have, like, a friend named Rob or some shit? Not that I read about. Okay. It was an Unresolved Mysteries episode, and then I, like, looked on the Unresolved wiki. Okay. Because this episode aired in, like, 98 or something, or 90. Oh, wow. Um, so did his beliefs have anything to do with his de- his death? Was he having some kind of mental break, or was he something go wrong on his vision quest or whatever. Did the beast get him? Did the beast get him? Who is the beast? What is the beast? Why did he wander off in the first place? Is this an episode of Supernatural? Right. Waiting to be written? What? What's with the rock formations? What's with the pyramids and the triangles? Why did he leave his car? And his watch. And his watch, his Rolex. Was he looking for something was like the beast? Was it a real beast? Rolex or was it a fake Rolex? This is serious. Oh, sorry. This is serious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how you could tell immediately that I was fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what does the beast mean? Was he supposed to meet somebody? Perhaps Rob? Who wrote the note? Did he write the note? Yes. That's the end of my mystery. Definitive answer. <laughs> That's, That's the mysterious story of David Stone. The mysterious David Stone. David Stone. I, I like how in both of ours, we don't know whether they were actually killed or not. Right. That we makes just it know kind that of they're weird. dead. Yeah. There's like, there's a body, but we don't know, like, was there murder involved or not? Right. Very, very strange. So what do you think? About what? Do you think David Stone was killed? No, I think he just died out there. Do you think he just died out there? That's what seem, seems like the most plausible. I don't know. What do you think the note was? Uh, maybe he was high on ayahuasca or something. I don't know. He was having oh. a fucking vision quest. Or peyote. Maybe he had gotten hold of some peyote. I think I read about that on Reddit. Yeah. I mean, who would fucking know? You can't test a skeleton for drugs. You Can know? you? With some kind of technology in the scary, future. Spooky skeletons. What is spooky, that? Spooky, scary oh, yeah. <laughs> skeletons. Right. Send shivers down your spine. Okay, you ready? Spooky, scary. <laughs> Are we doing weird, weird shit, shit in, the in the news? Weird shit 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 in the news? What? You didn't do the weird. 
weird. <laughs> so I've got three, but they'll be quick. What? They're all from a- the AP. So, okay, so the first one I'm going to do... Um, okay, we've all been seeing it. I'm just going to mention it briefly. The UK police hunt down shoplifter who looks like... David David Schwimmer! Schwimmer. (laughs) Yes, we've all seen it. We've all heard about it. Apparently he has been, you know, apprehended at this point. That's what I heard. And uh, David Schwimmer uh, accounted for his whereabouts at the time of the incident. (laughs) So we knew it wasn't him. Because it really looks like David fucking It really fucking looks like him. Like, it really... If you haven't seen this picture, which I'm sure you have, look it up. Shoplifter in the UK who looks like David Schwimmer... He really looks like, and then David Schwimmer took a picture, of course, and like posted of him like holding the, whatever. This guy's like stealing like cokes or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, such a fucking idiot. His face is full up on camera. Um, but yeah, David Schwimmer took like a like a funny picture of him like yeah. doing the same thing. So second one I'm gonna do blowtorch used to kill spiders may have started house fire. Okay, so this fucking oh god really dumb guy who he was um I think house sitting for these people. <gasps> no, that's like worst case scenario. I know, and he saw spiders which he thought were black widow spiders. So that's his defense. He was very scared because he thought he had seen a black widow spider. So he thought it'd be a good idea to use a blowtorch to try to kill said spider. It was on the outside of the house, but then the house caught on fire. And uh, the yeah fire department had to respond. Nobody was hurt or anything. So the last one I'm going to do is, this is kind of like a good shit in the news. Uh, judge chases prisoners, nabs one during attempted escape. So this. What? Yeah, this judge in uh, Chehalis, Washington, if that's how you say that. Um, so the, there were these two defendants. Um, were their name? Tanner Jacobson, 22, and Cody Howard, 28. Those the freaking kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, they decided instead of going you know, back to be detained or whatever, they were just going to make a run for it out the front. Literally just out the front. Oh, that was they were still okay. shackled and everything, what was their but plan keep running. They're... I don't know till he can't run no more. Gonna I'm hop not on sure. a train. Feet don't fail me now. <laughs> um, gotta get away. So, um, feet yeah. can't fail me now. While they were running away, the judge took it upon himself to <laughs> jump up and start chasing them. And he actually caught one of them just as he was about to go through the door. At at the front of the uh, the courthouse, and then they caught the other one like a few blocks away, because <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> They're not just gonna get away. <laughs> you gotta plan an escape. You gotta have a I plan. Just... You gotta get people involved. You gotta get a chisel. You gotta a have chisel. money. You gotta get extra clothes. You gotta get these things. I I was listening to the stranger Ooh. beside me. Right, he had a meticulous plan. That's why he was able to escape twice. And stay escaped for months. Not that I'm saying it's a good thing. It's not good. Ted Bundy we're talking about. Talking about Ted Bundy, the stranger beside me. I forgot that happened. Yeah, the the whole thing that he's like most known for, the Kyle Omega murders, happened after he escaped from prison in Utah, I believe. Oh, I didn't know that. And then he went to Florida and murdered like all of those Kyle Omega girls. girls. The sorority girls, yeah. So... Definitely, but I had a these idiots got year. caught super quick. I had a roommate freshman year who was in Cayo, and I told her about that, and she wasn't um, as fascinated by it as I was. And, Not the same sentiment at all. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and Rules actually was Ooh. actually in Cayo Mega. 
Ugh. as well, she said. So it was Rough. weird for her. But no, I remember when, uh, I think, didn't LPL do an episode where one of them went down down there and, like, they got really pissed at him or something? Oh, maybe. I it's think probably that, Henry. I think that happened. I can't remember. Um, anyway, okay, so my weird shit in the news is from, okay, how do I say that? Valdosta? Valdosta? Valdosta, I think. Valdosta? Yeah. Is that California? I'm not sure. It just says Valdosta. Huh. So, construction workers... Bit off more than they could chew Tuesday when they discovered teeth buried in a building <gasps> wall. What? So, basically they Georgia. were writing a commercial space uh, at the TV Converse building when they found an estimated 1,000 teeth buried in the second floor wall. The fuck? Uh, yeah. So, um, they, it's confirmed that the crew members have disposed of the teeth. Um, Good. But the question as to how the teeth got into the wall has been raised. So a researcher named Harry Evans for the Historical Society said the Converse building was constructed in 1900 and its first tenant was Dr. Clarence Whittington, a dentist. Oh. So, uh... He just put all the... I... Extracted teeth in the floor? I, I, I guess. What a weirdo. Where do you put your teeth? Um, I put my teeth in my mouth. Oh. And I, that's where they've always been. So it's pretty, works out pretty well. Yeah. Um, (laughs) there's two other, there's two other Georgia cities, Greensboro and Carlton. Both have had buildings where teeth have been found in the walls as well. Quote, I'm not sure if it was a common practice between dentists at the time, but it's very strange that there are two other people that said, Hey, we've had that happen too. End quote. Very strange. Hmm. Okay. Weird dentist. Not the first or last time we're ever going to hear about a weird dentist. We are talking about Little Shop of Horrors earlier. Little Shop. Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop. Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, 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 Cut it out. Cut it out. 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 You're Cut out. it out. Thanks uh, for listening to the podcast. Oh, yes. Thanks for the, listening. On Halloween. Tell all your friends. Happy Halloween. Everybody Happy go get some Halloween. candy. Um, if you're 21 and over, go trick-or-treating. I think that'd be funny as hell. <laughs> Don't. You creep people out. No. <laughs> no, go see Halloween. It's good. Okay. I'm not, not going to. Not you. I don't but. like horror movies. But yeah, you know, tell tell your friends about the pod and all the stuff and things. And Follow us on Instagram. The gram. The gram. Okay, okay bye. bye.